Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Going to be kind of a heavy discussion today, but considering what happened in the world of markets, not even only in grain and livestock, just markets world in general, there's a lot of stuff that we've got to hit on today to kind of make sense of what's going on in what was a very down type of risk-off type of trading day. Some call it a macro kind of trading day going on. So we're going to bring in the expert. Arlen Suderman joins us today. He is with Stonex. And I think risk-off trading kind kind of really describes in a small nutshell what's been happening within this trade. Yeah, exactly right. It all started late yesterday afternoon when Fitch, which is one of the major credit rating agencies, downgraded U.S. credit, the credit of the U.S. And so what that means is longer term, what it does is end up increasing interest rates on U.S. debt, which we'll talk a little bit about the implications of that. And eventually that makes it to the point of increasing interest rates for private debt as well. So consumer loans you may have, um, lands on, uh, you know, uh, rates on land that you purchase, all of it affects all of us. And so Fitch went from a AAA rating down to a AA plus rating. Uh, Standard and Poor's already did that back in 2011, I believe it was, when we were in a, a debt ceiling uh, negotiation period back then. And uh, now it's up to Moody's when they will, and will there be additional downgrades? It was interesting to note that what Fitch wrote in their statement was, in Fitch's view, there has been a steady deterioration in standards of governance over the last 20 years, including on fiscal and debt matters, notwithstanding the June bipartisan agreement to suspend the debt limit until January of 2025. And I think we've talked about that in the past. Um, that a couple of months ago we had an agreement between Republicans and Democrats to suspend the debt ceiling until January 1, 2025. Since that time, our national debt has risen, I think it's $1.8 trillion to $32.7 trillion. It took us over 200 years to get to, to, get to accumulate debt of $1.7 trillion. And in the last two months, we've added that much debt. So if we kind of say, where is this going? The annual interest payments on our debt currently are $651 billion per year. That's up about $275 billion over just the last year as interest rates go up. And we still have a lot of um, debt that is at low interest rates that hasn't been hasn't matured and therefore been rolled to higher interest rates yet. So that is going to continue to rise. Uh, so if we look at where is this expected to go, and, and let's give a little benchmark here for reference point. We spend about $790 billion per year on our national defense. That's expected to rise four years from now to be $912 billion. Now, usdebtclock.org projects that if we stay on the path that we are currently on, four years from today, our national debt will be $44 trillion with annual interest payments of $2.8 trillion. So that's 
more than three times what we are expected to spend four years from now on our national defense. That's more than the $1.8 trillion per year that we're expected to spend on Social Security payments four years from now, or the estimated $2.3 trillion of annual payments toward Medicare and Medicaid four years from now. That's not sustainable. And so what I've been saying in my commentary to our customers now for the last several months is I, well, actually last two months since the debt deal, debt ceiling deal, is I expect this all to come to a head between after the elections of 2024, but before the January 1 deadline for the debt ceiling. That's where I think it's really going to come to a head. And that means the next debt ceiling agreement will be reached by a lame duck Congress and possibly a lame duck president, no longer accountable to the voters. That can be good or that can be bad, but that's the situation we're in. Fitch has kind of brought this forward to focus on it now, and we saw how the markets reacted today. Now, as I said, this has been brewing under the surface for some time. Fitch brought it to the surface. It'll probably go back under the surface, but it'll start popping up again with increasing frequency and increasing significance as we go forward. And about 17 months from now, I think, really hit the fan, so to speak. But for what it does today, there are three options for solving this crisis. One is to dramatically increase taxes, which would be devastating for the economy. That'll be the first one considered, in my opinion. The second would be drastic cuts to government spending. Neither party's been able to put forward and push forward a, a plan to do that. It's really hard when you're worried about getting reelected to take that to the people. The third is to monetize the debt which tends to um, be inflationary and lead to a crash in the value of the dollar. So those are three options. We're probably looking at some combination of that to happen down the road, and that's why Fitch is now starting to get ahead of the game. They're actually slow to get to the game, um, but Moody's hasn't got involved in this yet at all. But I think there's a lot more of this story to be written. Um, that we can see this impact on a day when Russia was hitting hard a couple of ports in Ukraine, um, and we had some other supportive stories as well. Stick around, folks. When we come back, we've got a lot more to look at. We'll kind of look back at what this is really going to mean from a grain and livestock perspective, what we see moving forward as well. There's a lot of factors being weighed in this week. Tough, heavy stuff on a midweek. More is coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the Channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced Channel Seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select Channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing this conversation with Arlen Suderman, who's with StoneX. And Arlen, I kind of wanted to get your, your feel on, you know, you talked in the front half about all that's going to be happening over the next year and a half or so. How does that relate back or how do you see that relating back to our grain and livestock producers? 
Well, first of all, as producers, you got to be aware that uh, we're probably looking at risks of higher interest rates down the road. Second thing you have to look at is look at today's market. Crude oil market, for example, we've had some major technical breakouts and, and uh, earlier today we had broke out uh, to new uh, 15 week highs in the crude oil market. And then we got uh, a crude oil and energy inventory report this morning that showed a dramatic 15 million barrel drop in supplies from the previous week. And that should have been bullish crude oil and it initially rallied to cut losses because it had been trading lower on this fish downgrading. And then that turned lower and we still ended up trading uh, down a couple of percent today on crude oil because worries about what it's gonna do to the economy. And what this Fitch downgrade did is really raised worries in the marketplace about what higher taxes, lower government spending, and a downgrade of the value of the dollar is going to do to the economy. And so if you have a collapse of the economy, the funds assume that means less demand for commodities. That's especially true for the meats. Normally, if you have a break in corn and feed prices, you would expect feeder cattle demand to be higher. That's what we would have expected today. But instead, feeder cattle prices were down pretty significantly as well. So it just it really reduces prices, increased costs across the board. That's the type of thing you have to be prepared for the risk of. Looking at, I wanted to get, um, before we jump into the rest of, of the happenings of the trade, you made the comment at the beginning about... Um, kind of this rich running system that we're seeing and that we're going to have some rains that are ebbing and flows definitely going to bring some much needed moisture and looking at that what are your thoughts market reaction out of chicago or is it just going to be something it's the month of august let's push forward well, this is the month of August, and so this is a critical month for soybeans, but it also matters a lot to corn as well. Um, just from depth of kernel that we can get um, with a favorable August or an adverse August in either direction, we can change the size of that kernel 10 to 15 percent in either direction. That directly impacts yield. You can't add depth of kernel to a kernel that's not there. So if it didn't pollinate or if it was aborted from tip back on your ear, you can't add length to that. But the kernels that are there, you can add length to them to try to offset some of those losses from poor pollination or tip back on the ear. On soybeans, you can add some pods, you can add seed size within those pods. So this is a critical month. And right now, the forecast is generally expected to continue to trend milder uh, with increased rainfall chances. And in some cases, it's going to be heavy rainfall, um, but generally looking for a wetter pattern. And I think Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas are particularly going to benefit from the pattern over the next couple of weeks from the various forecasts that I've looked at. So uh, probably save some irrigation dollars, hopefully, uh, and hopefully give a boost to these crops as the temperatures dial down and uh, we see the rainfall dial up. Kansas and maybe southern Nebraska at times will be kind of on the borderline still may see some periods of heat but overall it's expected to be a milder month going forward i did also want to talk to you about the stonex numbers that came out uh, with brazil kind of what what's the spin what are you guys seeing there well first of all this last year's soybean crop brazil we estimated at one point excuse me 157.68 million metric tons so the crop that's about to be planted 
we anticipate a 2% increase in area. That's less than half of the normal expansion of area because the margins simply aren't there to encourage the type of expansion that they've had in previous years. But that still could give us a soybean crop of 163.5 million metric tons going forward for the balance sheet. That's going to provide a lot of competition for U.S. soybeans on the world export market. The current corn crop that they're harvesting now, yields are just unbelievably good. And so they raised their total corn production estimate for the current year up to 139.23 million metric tons. That's 6.23 million or 204 uh, million metric tons or 245 million bushels larger than where USDA's estimate at. What does that mean? That's another 245 million bushels onto the export market above what was expected that directly competes with U.S. corn exports going forward because their corn is going to be cheaper because of currency exchange rates. And that's a problem for our new crop balance sheet. Lots of great stuff today, Arlen. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? StoneX.com or over on Twitter. My handle is, I guess it's called X now. Uh, my handle is Arlen, F-A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.